Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. So good to be in St. Augustine Colonial Church. You can understand my Aussie accent. Matt reckons I've got more an Aussie accent than him, but I don't know about that. <laughs> no, do now, do now. No, it's awesome to be here. I'm obviously very honoured to be here, and I, I really want to thank your pastors, Matt and Jill. You, you know that basically you got our finest from Australia, don't you? Yeah. Like seriously, you got our finest. And um, I, I'm so proud of what they're doing here. Um, we were saying earlier that day, we were, he was feeling surreal that I was here with him. I'm a bit surreal that Stealth's sitting up here. You don't know who Stealth is? Ask him later. <laughs> no, it's awesome to be here. So it is a real honour for me to speak to you guys as they, these guys are highly loved in amongst the family of Hillsong, that's for sure. Had a lot to pray, is that okay? Father God, I thank you for the opportunity I have to speak to your people this morning. Holy Spirit, I really pray that you will speak through me. And Lord, I pray that hearts are open for you, Father, today. I pray that you and you alone are glorified in everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, you just get a couple of ground rules out first. I'm not a pastor, okay? I like pastors, I just don't want to be one, all right? <laughs> I'm not a pastor. I'm not on staff at Hillsong either. Um, I'm not even an itinerant speaker also. Although I travel all over the world speaking these days, I don't do it for a living. In fact, 99% of the time I sit in the congregation exactly like you. You know why? I'm you. I'm you. I'd actually be more comfortable sitting down right there at the moment than standing up here. But the reason I have the microphone in my hand is I know my purpose. And my purpose is to finance the kingdom. And that's why I was here on Friday night speaking about kingdom builders. So tonight, sorry, this morning, I don't know, I don't know what time zone I'm in. Um, this morning, uh, I want to I get practical with you. Is that okay? I want to get really practical with you. You know, I, I like to hear practical stuff. I like to hear things that I can use in my daily life. So we're happy? Let, let's get to it, hey? You know, we live here in a physical world. Everything you're touching, this is a physical world. But it's actually a spiritual battle. Would you agree with that? It's a spiritual battle we're in. And I believe the spiritual side of our life comes down to a trust issue. And I believe the physical side of our life comes down to a discipline issue. And so today's message for our, for my, you know, for our title for our message today is trust and discipline. So if you're taking notes, that's the thing to put down tonight. Trust and discipline. Let's talk about our spiritual lives first because I believe they are definitely our number one priority. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Matthew 6 verse 33, my, famous, my favorite scripture by far. But seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness and all, not a few, not the occasional, not some, all these things will be added to you. Seeking first the kingdom, putting God first. Second scripture is Romans 8, verse 28. All things, 
Not some, not a few, not occasional. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purposes for you. These two verses alone tell me that when I love God and I put Him first in my life, then everything will be good. Everything will be good. So why don't people do it? (laughs) Just asking the question. So why don't people do it? Well, I believe it's a trust issue. It's a trust issue. They actually don't trust God's Word. They don't really believe that the promises in the Bible are for them. They don't really trust that Jesus defeated the devil on the cross. That's a big one. And so because of this, their lack of trust, they don't live lives truly putting God first. How can I make this statement? Because this was my life for 31 years. First 31 years of my life. I've been a Christian all my life. I just didn't trust God. I just didn't trust God. I didn't believe God's promises were really for me. I, I could believe they were for the professional Christians, the pastors, but not, not for me. You know, why, why would God do that for me? And I lived a life of fear and not faith. I was more fearful of what the devil might do to me than trusting Jesus had defeated the devil on the cross. My wife and I finally came to the conclusion 22 years ago that we were either going to trust God or not. We were either going to believe God's promises were for us or not. We were either going to take faith steps or be paralyzed by fear. And unfortunately, though, that's where a huge percentage of Christians live. Fearful, not faithful. Fearful, not faithful. You know that fear and faith are exactly the same emotion. Just one's positive, one's negative. You know why? Because they're both of the unknown. This is what fear says. Fear says, well, what if that happens tomorrow? Faith says, well, what if that happens tomorrow? (laughs) Let me say that again. Fear says, what if that happens tomorrow? Faith says, what if that happens tomorrow? Exact same words, just a complete different attitude. Just a complete different belief. Is it really that simple, I hear you ask? Yes, it is. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. It was simple. Trust God, believe in his word, and take a faith step. For too, many, for too, many, for too long, too many Christians have been ripped off by this lack of trust. This lack of trust. They love God. They're going to heaven but they live very ordinary, boring lives, just getting by lives. And that's not what the Bible promises us. It's really not. You know, as I was preparing this message, my daily reading took me to Second Chronicles. And in that story, there was a huge army that was coming against the kingdom of Judah. And in the natural world, they would have destroyed them. But they decided to believe in the God of miracles realizing that this was really a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. And God would go before them, which of course he did, but they had to trust God first. Had to trust God first. And this is what the king said to them before they went to battle. In Second Chronicles 20, verse 20, it says, Believe firmly in God, your God, and your lives will be firm. 
Let me say that again. Believe firmly in God, your God, and your lives will be firm. And even then, you know what he did? He put the choir out in front. <laughs> he put the choir, all the musicians had to go out in front. That was pretty gutsy, wasn't it? <laughs> put, the, put the musicians out in front to praise the God, not the soldiers. For his trust in God was so firm. Now, I, don't, I don't know how to encourage people more to trust God than just to say, that's how my wife and I have chosen to live for the last 22 years. Our lives have definitely not been boring. It's not always easy. God never promised it was going to be easy. You know that. In fact, he promised the opposite, that we'd have persecution. In Mark 10, verse 30, I think he's going to put it up on the screen for us. It says, we failed, we'll receive a hundred times, this is a pretty good promise, a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, oh, along with persecutions. <laughs> and in the age to come, eternal life, along with persecutions. But it's certainly worth it. It's certainly worth it. Why do we have those persecutions? Because the devil's not happy when you start trusting God. You know, I've come to the understanding now that I live my life so much with just being reliant on God. I need God, I need God to turn up in my everyday living. Can I, can I tell you that's a much better way to live? Just living a life that needs God to turn up every day. I can encourage you as strong as that, that not trusting God, then you're giving the devil opportunity in your daily lives to wreak havoc. I'm going to say that again. When you're not trusting God, you're giving the devil opportunity in your daily lives to wreak havoc. I want to give you three practical three, sorry, three practical steps in trusting God. Number one, you can trust God if you know Him. If you know Him. You know, you get to know God by reading your Bible every day, developing a desire to know God through reading His Word. Decide to become a student of God's Word. You know, the more you have it, the easy, more have it in you, the easier it is to bring scriptures out to your memory when in times of need. Trust God if you know Him. Number two, you can trust God if you're listening to Him. In any relationship, it's a two-way street. When it comes to communication, and it's no different with God. When you praying to God opens up that line of communication. Prayer in itself is a faith step, isn't it? It's a faith step. But we should have an expectation that God will speak to us in our times of prayer. We just have to be still sometimes long enough to hear the still small voice of God. So remember, it's a two-way, it's a two-way street. When you're speaking to God, have an expectation He's going to speak to you. Just live yourself the time for make to happen. Number three, you can trust God if you believe God. If you believe God. By firstly getting to know God more and then listening better to the Holy Spirit, then the next step is to start to believe God. We have to begin to believe that all, not the few, not, the, not occasional, not some, all the promises in the Bible are for us. All. So is it that simple? Yes. Yes. Didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. 
Simple. Which leads me to the second point. Discipline. The practical side of our lives. No one likes this word, do they? <laughs> Discipline. Discipline. You know, I could, I could make a very general statement like, we all know what to do, we just don't do it. We all know what to do, we just don't do it. We all know we need to eat less and exercise more, don't we? <laughs> Everyone's laughed at that one, we just don't do it. You know, I love to eat and I hate exercise. I'm no different to you. We all know that we need to spend less than we earn. The credit card debt in America is huge. Australia as well. As Christians, we all know that we need to read our Bible every day. We all know we need to pray. We all know we need to bring our tithe to God. We all know we need to serve, etc., etc. But do we all do it? Do we all do it? Unfortunately, only a small percentage of Christians actually do what they know they should do. And I believe that the main reason really is just a lack of discipline. You know, let's get back to eating less and exercising more. The real reason why people lack discipline in that area is their lack of why. Why should I? If they don't believe that there's going to be a perceived benefit for doing this, then finding the discipline to change their lifestyle is very hard. The why has to be big enough in our lives to apply the discipline. It has to be big enough in our lives. I know personally for me, finding out my why 22 years ago, for me, finding out that my purpose in life was to finance the kingdom, and that my pastor's vision was so huge that it provided the why in my own life, has helped me apply discipline in every area I've needed so that I can live a blessed, prosperous life in all areas. It's good enough for me, it can be good enough for you. So when it comes to trusting God and getting to know Him better, I have to be disciplined in my Bible reading. Disciplined in my Bible reading. Do you, re do you follow a reading plan? Or do you just randomly pick up your Bible and read whatever it opens to? Can, you, can I encourage you to have a reading plan? Today with technology, you can get your phone to remind you to read your Bible every day, and this in itself can be a great help to make sure that it happens. But you ultimately have to make the decision to read it. You have to, have to, have to actually read it. What I do know is this, is that we're living a faith life that requires God to turn up. Then you soon become eager to read your Bible. What was once a chore becomes a want to, not a have to. A want to, not a have to. When you want to hear from God, you need, when you need to hear from God, you're reading your Bible with an expectation God's going to speak to you. And you know, if you don't get anything out of it the first time you read that reading, read it again. Read it again. I know my own reading, I, I actually make a point of every time I read something, I want to cut and paste something out of it and send to my family or send to a couple of mates. So I, I'm reading my Bible with an expectation that God's going to speak to me today. And not just for my Sunday here, this is something for my Tuesday, my Wednesday, in, 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 our, in our working day, in our working day. Number two, let's talk about discipline required in our prayer life and getting to listen to hear from God. 
Is prayer the first thing you do or the last thing you do? <laughs> Is prayer the first thing you do or the last thing you do? I'm in business with my youngest brother. And um, when we're working together, the first thing, the first thing we do together in the day is pray for our day ahead. We pray for God's will for our business. We ask him to guide us today in everything we do. We ask God to help us make wise choices today in our business. We always finish by asking for favor with man today. Unfair advantage. I believe as Christians we can ask for unfair advantage. We have a very busy day, but the priority is to pray first. Just to pray first. Not at the end of the day when I'm anxious and worried because of all the dramas of the day. No, I'm praying with a different mindset. Here's one for you. If you're, if you're married here in the room today, can I ask you to make a decision today to pray with your spouse every day? To pray with your spouse every day. I didn't say once a week. And <laughs> when something, some emergency comes up, I mean every day. Every day. When you stop to think about it, you know you should do it. If you've got young kids, I bet you pray with your kids. But you don't think to pray with your spouse. All I know is if, if you're wanting to Head, head further with your life. If you're here today in this great church, you know that God's got greater things ahead for you in your life. You know that you want more from life. The devil is going to attack you. He's not happy that you're here in church today. He's not happy about that. You just put a target on your back for the devil to attack you. What I want to tell you is that if there's one area he can attack, it's your marriage. Because he knows, the devil knows how strong marriage is and how important marriage is. And he's going to do everything he can to bring division, not one vision. If he, can, if he can weaken you in your marriage, he will. He really will. He'll work to do that. And so, you know, we need to be bringing strength together there. You know, the Bible says that one man can put a 1,000 to flight, two, 10,000. But the three of you, with you and God as well, you're an unstoppable force in your marriage. Unstoppable force. And so I believe today very strongly, if you, if you take nothing down on your notes today, take this one down. You've got to pray together. Pray with intention. Pray with an understanding. Pray for God's will in your life. Pray for God's will for your family, for, for, your, for your careers, for your health. Pray that he'll guide your path. That will operate in a way that, he, that the Holy Spirit will show you what to do. Pray for God's wisdom. You know, in the end, we make the choices. Pray for favor. I believe unfair, unfair advantage. Unfair advantage in everything that we do. And so, you know, let, let me assure you that the devil doesn't want you to pray. That, that target that's on your back, take it off your back, put it on your chest and say, wear it as a badge of honor. It tells you that the devil's actually scared of you. He's scared of you, right? And uh, so one thing I know is it's all, all better to, that's we should be hearing from God be able to attune to the Holy Spirit. You know, I actually believe that um, you ladies hear from the Holy Spirit much better than us men. Us men, we're one-dimensional animals, you know, we can only do one thing at one point in time. You ladies can do four and five at once and hear from the Holy Spirit at the same time. And you know, as husbands and wives, when we pray together, men, you get the advantage of hearing from the Holy Spirit much more. So 
Make sure, do that. It rubs off on us too. Number three, lastly, I believe that discipline is required to believe God promises in our lives. This is the hardest thing for people to grasp, that God's promises in our lives are for you. I know that because it's the hardest thing I've ever had to grasp with. The discipline is required to take the faith steps and stand on God's word. I think that this is the point. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice. That's the thing with discipline, you know. You never actually achieve discipline. You can't actually say, you know what, today, I got discipline. Tomorrow you've got to get it again. (laughs) And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. And it's exactly the same, you know, with our trust. Trust, you can trust God today. Can you trust God tomorrow? It's a daily choice. I'm here in front of you today to say that the last 22 years, I've made a choice daily to put discipline in my life, to believe God promises for my life. Life is just a series of choices. And you know what? We're either making wise choices or stupid choices. There's no middle ground choices. Our choices are either taking us backwards or they're taking us forwards. So simple mathematics tells me that if I make more wise choices than stupid choices, in every area of my life, I will succeed. In every area of my life. Remember, God wants to see you succeed in every area of your life. God knows that. Why do you think throughout the Bible, he talks about in all you're getting, get wisdom? Wisdom is the principal thing. even says wisdom is greater than wealth. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Why does God want us to go after wisdom? Because he gave us a free will. We can make our own choice. It's pretty freaky when you think about it. God gave us the will to reject him. And a huge part of the population has chosen to reject God. But you've chosen to receive God. And so you've made a wise choice in that point. My challenge to you today is choose to put wisdom in your life. Choose to put wisdom in your life. You know, see, I, I used to think was that wisdom was intelligence, and I thought, wow, I'm screwed because I'm not real smart. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with intelligence. No, it's discipline. It's actually discipline. It's application. I have a saying, I say that discipline is the key that turns knowledge into wisdom. See, today I'm giving you my wisdom because it's things I've applied in my life. But to you, it's just knowledge. Those notes you're taking out to you, it's just knowledge. Until you apply it in your life. Once you apply it in your life, then it becomes wisdom. So you you now know that I should pray with my spouse. You can't tell me that you don't know that. You now know that. But until you actually apply the discipline and actually do it, you won't actually know that's wisdom. Let me encourage you. Put the discipline in your life. And you'll get wisdom in your life. Put the discipline in your life to read your Bible every day. And, and you'll, you'll get to hear from God. Get the discipline in your life to pray. And you'll know the Holy Spirit speaking in your life in all areas. Put the discipline in your life to believe God. And take those faith steps. And you'll see amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. I can tell you, man, when you pray with your wives every day, you have that knowledge... It'll bring wisdom in every single area of your life. Every single area of your life.
including your finances, including your health, including your marriage, including raising your children, everything. Make, it, make that decision. So I'd like to wrap up by saying, I hope that this, is, this practical teaching has helped you. You know, I'm, I, want, I would like to actually pray with people. If you're here today and you know that you have a trust issue, that you're actually not trusting God in every area of your life, you know, because, you know, you can, you can trust God for your salvation, but maybe you can't trust God to bless you financially. What you're actually asking is the wrong question. It's not whether I, I believe that. The question is, do, do I trust that God is a God of everything, that God can do all? If God can do all, he can bless you in all areas. So if you, if you need some... If you need me to pray for you that uh, you have a, a better trust in God, I'd like to put your hand up so I can pray for you. Who does that? That's great. There's a fantastic amount of numbers. Now, I'm not even going to ask who wants me to pray for discipline because you all need that, <laughs> <laughs> including me. Every day we've got to get it. So can I pray with you? Father God, I thank you for these honest people, Father, those who realize that their trust in you, Father, their trust in God needs to be expanded on, Father. I just pray, Lord, that you'll help them, Lord, to take that step, Father. Take that faith step. Show them, Lord, you are a trustworthy God, that you can be trusted, Father. Lord, I pray too, Lord, for every single person here who requires discipline. Father, we all require daily discipline. Lord, help us to be strong. Help us to be courageous, Father. Help us, Lord, to take those steps that we need to take. We thank you, Father, for their hearts. Bless them, Father. Lord, I pray for the marriages here today, Lord, that people will, will take that discipline step, Father, and begin to pray together as husband and wife, Father, to see the devil turned away from their family, turned away off their business, turned away off their career, and to see blessing come into their life, Father. There is much to do at Colonial Church, Father, and we need praying people, believing people, trusting people. We thank you for them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.